Dresses. Um, but, you know, John 13, that scripture, you know, if you love one another as I have loved you, then all will know, right? And that's where the, the Tolo Sabah conference came from. And it's talking about the acts of love that we share with one another, right? All will know by what they see the acts of love between us as disciples, as his people. And so that's the title of my lesson tonight. It's an act of love. Wow. Um, and, you know, seeing Miguel and Myrna's life was really inspiring, convicting, and just filled me with so much gratitude. Miguel and Myrna are, you know, from the United States. They live very, very comfortable lives here. Um, they went to school here, to college here. And early on in their relationship, they went to Mexico to serve as uh, interns out there. Um, they got married out there, and they got appointed evangelist and women's ministry leader in, in Mexico City. Mm -hmm. um, and just seeing some of the challenges, you know, they've been through a lot of challenges in the Mexico City Church, a lot of persecutions, um, a lot of just really devastating things that happened within the church, outside of the church. Yeah. Uh, Myrna was sharing with me that just a few weeks ago at a women's midweek, and this is like daily life out there, but where they were having women's midweek, a sister was leaving women's midweek, and she got punched and robbed. Wow. Um, and that's just life. You know, that's just life in Mexico. And now the brothers all need to walk all the sisters after women's midweek to... Uh, the metro or, or the bus or, you know, wh wherever it is so that, that they can be safe. Um, the area where Myrna lives, a lot of women were getting kidnapped. And, you know, she takes the metro to all kinds of places to study the Bible with people. And so um, these are just, you know, some of the challenges that they go through. And I spoke with Lucy Mejia on the end of the conference and she just gave me the most sincere thank you for all the special missions that, that Portland Church has raised. And she just wanted to say a very, very big thank you to all of you for all the ways that you've sacrificed. Um, it means a lot to them. Um, it means so, so much to them to be able to keep the church functioning and running and uh, to be able to pay the interns and, you know, pay the venue and, and all of those things um, so that they could continue to to save souls out there, but it was awesome at church. They had um, close to 700 people on Sunday at the church, which was amazing. They had seven additions, six baptisms, one restoration, so daily additions. Um, one of those baptisms was a teen. Yeah. Just sharing in tears. Yeah. Of how grateful she was. Um, another one of those baptisms. Is this incredible woman who's actually a childhood friend of Sarai? I don't know if you guys know Sarai. Yeah. We moved to the Eugene Church, but she's a childhood friend, and basically, this friend disowned Sarai after she became a disciple, um, and didn't talk to her. And just recently, a couple months ago, she had a conversation with Sarai's mom and started talking about the church and. It made her realize, like, I need God. And so she started studying the Bible and got baptized uh, shortly after that at the mission at the missions conference. So that was really, really encouraging to see that. But uh, just, you know, so you guys know the church out there, they're doing great. They're baptizing. They're growing. Um, there's 
secret plans to send out some more um, Mexico City, some more Mexico churches. So Aww. that's exciting as well. So keep them in your prayers, guys. Um, we've got a great sister church out there in Mexico. Um, but also during the conference, Raul was, uh, he did the lesson, the main lesson on Sunday. And something, if you guys know about Raul Moreno, he's the one that leads the church in Sao Paulo, Brazil. He loves the Word of God. I mean, it's just radiates mm-hmm. how much he loves God's Word. And that was one of the things that really impacted Caesar. That was one of his main decisions he walked away with, was just to know God's Word more deeply than ever before. And so something we started doing is we started doing the, a Bible plan together that's reading the Bible in a year. And we, we were doing it together. We're having our quiet times together on it, so it's been super encouraging. Um, and it's been just really inspired to be able to read that much Bible in a day and just get so much out of it. Um, and so my lesson today is, uh, let's go to Genesis 9, and it's actually, we started at Genesis in the Bible plan, so this is my quiet time. <laughs> Come on. But in Genesis 9... Oh, Debbie. In verse 1, it says, and this is, this is right after Noah's Ark, after the flood, um, the waters finally succeeded, and they were able to enter into dry ground. And it says, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. And we see a beautiful promise that Noah got, right, was that his descendants, kind of the same as Abraham, would soon go to fill the earth. Mm. And it's a a beautiful promise that God fulfilled, gave him many children and gave his children many children. Um, And, you know, what's beautiful is that we have the same promise today, is that God has called us to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, right? Fill the earth with disciples. Um, and, you know, I was reflecting on that this morning, just really having a love on my mind, John 13, those that I'm on my mind. And if you think about what does it take to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, when you look at the first man and woman, right, they fell in love, they became husband and wife, they made love to each other. And through God's miraculous power within her womb, brought forth man. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. From their act of love, God produced offspring. Wow. And that's the same beautiful promise that we have today. Through our acts of love with each other, God wants to produce much offspring. Come on. Right? And that's going to fill up the earth. And it really is that easy. Right? And it's it's just, it's God's power at work within us. It's God that forms the little babies in the womb. It's just our acts of love that bring it out. Um, and so, I really have this on my heart today because, you know, in order for us to live out this incredible promise that God has given us to fill the earth with our offspring, our spiritual offspring, it's going to really take coming back and falling deeply in love with one, yeah. one another again, falling deeply in love with the kingdom, 
once again and through our acts of love producing much fruit that will produce more acts of love. Amen. Um, so coming back to that, you know, we know that in the kingdom we can do many, many actions, right? We yeah. can start doing things. Do, 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 do. And we start forgetting the acts of love yeah. that it's meant to be inspired from. And so my first point is an act of love at a heart level. Wow. And this is the challenge of every disciple, is that, you know, it's easy to just do things after a while. But things can get a little bit mechanical. And so let's go to Philippians 4. Come on. And this is such a beautiful, another quiet time scripture of this morning. I, I was so inspired by Paul here. In verse 1, it says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Isn't that beautiful? That's how Paul saw the disciples. This is a, a, a sincere part of the being in love with the disciples, right? Um, and if you, if you kind of break it down a little bit, it says, number one, whom I love. So he made a decision to love the disciples, right? Amen. And this is important because he's, it's a willing decision that he, that he made. And this is an important thing to do as well. It's great that love is a decision because sometimes we don't feel it. Right? But how powerful that we're not led by our feelings and that we can love as a choice. The second thing he says is that he longs for the disciples. That's not just a decision and a must. That's a, I don't do it just because I have to, but I look forward to loving yeah. you. I look forward to being with the disciples and laying down my life for the disciples. And then he says, my joy, meaning that. It brings me excitement and joy to lay down my life for you, right? And then he says, my crown. And if you think about what is the crown, that you are the very reason why I laid down my life, right? It's you. You are my crown. And so how do we get this kind of heart, heart level in our relationships? This could be challenging, right? We, we keep it real. This could be the most challenging part of being a disciple, is having this heart. We can acquire the heart of love, because we must. Maybe even the long for, you know? But the, the joy in all situations, the crown, like this is the reason why I do it. You and Christ are my crown, right? Mm, come on. And so... I was reflecting on the lessons from the conference, because that's what it was all about, is loving one another. And I thought, what a perfect example of when Jesus taught Peter this very thing, how to have this heart, right? So let's go to John 21, in verse 15. really appropriate because 
as we were reflecting on how to reorganize the church and how to have more fruitful relationships, and that's really what we wanted to focus on this time around, how to have fruitful relationships, we decided that the way to do it is small groups. And if you notice, your, your Bible talks, they're small. There's not that many people in your Bible talk. Campus is a little different. You, you, are, you get stuck with with each other, with who's in PCC and PSU. <laughs> you guys need each other. But the rest of the groups are, are smaller groups. And really the, the purpose of that is that we can form a truly loving relationship within our groups. That we yeah. can really take care of each other and have this kind of love that, Pete, that Jesus teaches Peter to have in the scripture. So let's read in verse... 15 and 16. Mom's Debbie. It says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my lambs. So, I want to just stop there, just to give us a little bit of context of what's going on here. So this is right after Jesus resurrects from the dead. He appears to us. Right before that, it says that he fed them breakfast. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> that Jesus fed his disciples breakfast. He's referring to him in his old life. He's no longer Peter now. He's Simon. Wow. And he's asking, do you love me more than these? And, you know, in the English language, the word love is, the true meaning of the word love here is pretty hidden, right? It's not, in, in the Greek, love is explained so much more dif- deeply and in different ways, right? So we have phileo, which is like, I like you. You know, like, you're my friend. That's phileo. And then there's eros, which is more of a romantic sexual love. And then there's agape, which is a laying down their life kind of love. Wow. And, you know, in the English language, we don't get the full appreciation of that effect. But if we uh, keep reading here in verse 16, it says, Again, Jesus said, Simon... Son of John, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And so, if we look at the, the again, the scripture here, Jesus is using Simon, do you agape me? And Peter is responding, Lord, I phileo you. And what does Jesus tell him to do? He says, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And feed my lambs, if you look at lambs, it's just a baby sheep. It's a little baby. He's just spiritually feed the young sheep. Yeah. of the babies. 
getting the drift here about what's going on, but number one, Jesus is reminding him of his betrayal, right? Simon, meaning you're no longer Peter. Mm-hmm. And again, he asks him, you have got baby. And again, he says, I play you. Wow. And in turn with that, Jesus says, do you even, do you even love me? Do you even fillet me? Wow. And that's really astounding for, that Jesus would, if we are not agape-loving God and agape-loving the sheep, then we're not even filet-loving loving Jesus. It's not yeah. He sees it as, are you even my God? Wow. Okay. That's crazy. And so the only true way to love the Lord is to agape, yeah. to lay down our and not just belayo each other. We can like each other, but that's not what Jesus calls us to do. Right? He calls us to adopt each other. And the word tend my sheep, remember we had feed my lamb? Feed my, my little sheep? Well, tend my sheep in the Greek essentially means lead the flock. Right? So feed the sheep and lead the sheep. And that's the way that we care for God. That's awesome. Is that we lead them and we feed them. That's cool. And that's how God calls us to agape love him. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. And then if we keep reading here in verse 18. Actually, sorry, before we go there. Um, I want to bring it back to our, our, our Bible talks, our small Bible talks, because... What are some ways that we can agape love each other? And this is something that I've really been thinking about today. That I want to be able to practice in our own Bible talk. Yeah. So that it could be rippled throughout the church. But really start thinking about that. What are ways you can agape, not just phileo, agape love the disciples? And so we started a little group chat for our Bible talk. A little, you know, chat on, the, on our phones. And I was just imagining today, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be filled with prayer requests for one another. It's going to be filled with awesome nuggets that we're learning from our quiet times with one another. It's going to be filled with, you know, celebrations and um, in good news, you know, of the things that God is doing in our life, good news of friends that God is allowing us to reach out to. I'm like, there's so much opportunity to agape love one another which is really amazing. Um, You know, even I think about, like, birthday celebrations. Birthday celebrations are an incredible time to bring in your Bible club, right? If your son's having a little birthday party or your daughter or, you know, something special is happening in your life, I would have invited my Bible club yesterday, but we actually didn't do anything. (laughs) I was at home doing laundry and cleaning. Amen. (laughs) To get we were like, we had enough vacation, enough celebrating these past two weeks. Yeah. We need to just get focused. Um, but yeah, just there's a lot of opportunities to really agape love. And, and my, my imagination is quite limited. Um, I'm sure you guys can come up with even more exciting ways to really agape love one another. And be examples to the church. Um, but in verse 18, it says... Very, and here he's speaking to Peter, and he says, Very truly I tell you, 
When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until our return, what is that to you? You must follow me. And, amen. And I love that he closes it out that way. <laughs> but you must follow me. And, you know, what he's talking about here, about when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you. Peter knew he was talking about the cross, right? And tradition actually holds that Peter himself was crucified. And he didn't consider it himself worthy to be crucified like his Lord and Savior Jesus. And so he requested that his crucifixion be upside down. Wow. And... So Peter lives this out. And that's that's really astonishing to me because in this moment that we have, this precious moment we have recorded here in, in time, Peter is a follower. He's not really loving Jesus or his people. He's returned to his nets. He's returned to his old life. He's not having a lot of vision for himself. He's really worried about other people, right? Well, what about John? Like, why is, what's his cross looking like? You know, that you're saying, I'm going to get crucified. How's this guy over here going to die? You know? Uh, but Jesus had so much vision for him. He said, you just follow me. And Peter did. And we know that in Colossians it says that it all hurt. Right? So we know that Peter actually went outside and lived out these kinds of relationships. Right? He went... He had a heart level for the disciples. He loved them at an agape level. And he ended with being crucified, but all hurt. And I think for us, there's so many things that we can fear, and we choose to betray Jesus. Maybe we fear persecution, and we don't want to get persecuted. Right? It says that the love of most will grow cold, and, and people will fall away because of persecution. But guys, persecution is what led to the entire world hearing about Jesus and the message. That's true. It happened through persecution. Yep. So today we cannot be afraid of persecution. We cannot back down from persecution. Yep. In fact, we've got to be firm and stand up to the persecutors with the gospel and the message, regardless of what happens in consequence. Um, Kip said at the and I thought this was really insightful and so true, but we're three CNN articles away from the whole world knowing about the message of Christ. <laughs> you know, but, and I was sharing with Kip about the persecution that PSU gets, because if you've shared your faith at PSU, you already know about the persecution. You get persecuted left and right from yep. the whole. And I shared with him, and he got excited. He's like, please, send me up. Send me all the papers and everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> the ways you guys are getting persecuted. And I'm like, you know, it is encouraging that God's message is getting out. It is wow. encouraging yeah. that people know who we are on campus. It is encouraging that our families are persecuting us because they see there's a clear difference between you and everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there is a, there is, it's encouraging 
And it is amazing that the word is getting out. Um, but we've also, we've got to love each other. And we've got to really agape love each other. And I love Peter because the show is responsible. That we could be at a place even right now where we've fallen away in our hearts. Wow. And all we need is a really good breakfast with Jesus. Come on. And be reminded of our calling. And be reminded that we just need an agape love once again. That we can make a decision at a heart level. And that we'll follow in Peter and Jesus' footsteps. And I love Jesus. He says, you just follow me. Yeah. Don't worry about what that person over there is doing. Don't worry about what's going on over here. Yeah. You just follow me. Yeah. Come on, Debbie. And, you know, guys, what's amazing is that we really love each other at this heart level in the church. And Bible talk is a beautiful way to do it. You can do it at that level. The whole church will feel it. Yeah. yeah. Every single one of us decides to love at the Bible talk level. Yeah. Come on. The whole church will feel it. And... The converts, the new baby Christians, yeah, the new baby lambs that come in, yeah. are going to learn from you as yeah. a love. That's yeah. true. And they're going to reciprocate. That's awesome. And that's amazing. And guys, that's how we're going to get the gospel. Come on. Come on. Come on.